Welcome to the Lady Voice Podcast. Dismantle the patriarchy in your mind with Danielle and Jenny. been talking about attachment quite a bit on this podcast, attachment styles. And today we wanted to talk about what we move towards is connection, not attachment. So we talk about different attachment styles. You know, how does that relate to a movement towards connection versus a movement towards attaching? With attachment style, you have various forms of insecure attachment, or you have secure attachment. Secure attachment is only to the self. Secure attachment is self-attachment. <laughs> and then is it even attachment? I don't, or are you just whole? Like, are you just moving towards wholeness, embodiment? Like right, being, that word is right? so strange. Attachment is so strange. Yeah. But like secure attachment is the idea of a secure attachment to life. And you can only be securely attached to your life if you are having a secure relationship with yourself. So that then means connection. This is what I've been thinking about. So it's if you're connected to yourself, you have capacity to connect with others. If you have an insecure attachment with life, with yourself, you have insecure attachments with the other, any other that shows up in your life. And when we're talking about romantic partnerships, romantic partnerships bring up our trauma. Colin Bedell, is that how you say his last name? Bedell? I think so. Anyway, I love him so much. He did a post today and he was saying, love brings up everything unlike itself. And he was quoting someone that he didn't know. So I'm quoting him, quoting someone else. But love brings up everything unlike itself. So he was relating that to trauma recovery and how relationships take us into our trauma. And at what point do we stop traumatizing ourselves and move into trauma recovery? Like how do we start recovering from our trauma? That to me is like a movement towards connection. So you have an insecure attachment, you have trauma, and this does not minimize that trauma. The trauma is what's giving you an insecure attachment. So at what point do we recognize our insecure attachments? And like, how do we create a relationship with them? There is a tendency with insecure attachment to put all of it on the other person. The responsibility is partly theirs to make us feel secure. There is something about wanting to be in a relationship with someone who's having integrity with you, who's being honest with you, who's worthy of your time, who's like worthy of the love you're sharing with insecure attachments. Like you have to be something for me. It's these codependent demands. It's like an idea that we will lock someone down through attachment and make them ours. They will never hurt us again. That's insecure attachment. But what you're doing is you're actually bringing up trauma wounds for both parties. Trauma starts to rise to the surface. And again, love is bringing up everything unlike itself. 
love is what opens us up to our trauma. There's like, has to be a breakthrough in our trauma to truly start loving, to truly start moving towards a secure attachment. And again, secure attachment is only with yourself. What does that mean for relationships? You're either in attachment mode or you're in connection mode. And I think all the good stuff is happening in connection mode and both things can be present with someone. You can have moments of truly feeling connected in a relationship. And then there's times that it's only about the attachment. With attachment, it's fusion. I think of it, this like attachment, it's sort of this like, hamster wheel experience this is really familiar experience for me everything's gonna be great we're working for this alternate future we're both doing the work they said the right thing so I'm gonna like do double time make it work then you're like I'm exhausted I'm burning out I'm here doing everything I cannot maintain this level of energy output nothing's changing I see all these things that need to change in our relationship. Nothing changes. I tried this avenue, nothing changes. I tried this avenue, nothing changes. I do this, nothing changes. Like we're here and it's forever going to be this way. And like, there's a level of shutdown in this hamster wheel experience. Let's go back to the idea of just rest. (laughs) Stop everything. Like coming back to secure attachment with yourself, moving in that direction. It might not be an immediate secure relationship with yourself, but to get there, it is stop all of it. Just stop everything. Stop, get off the hamster wheel. Don't make a decision. Just stop. You don't have to decide something about your relationship. Just stop the effort. You do not need to put in this amount of effort. Effortlessness is an important factor in life. It really is. And there is moments of effort in every experience, but there should also be equal amounts of effortlessness. There should just be that flow. And if you're not having a flow state in your relationship, stop, just stop. And it's not, again, like only your partner's fault. There are things that you're doing too, but you can't understand what you're doing if you don't stop. Reminds me a little bit about that con of that concept um, of the relationship escalator. And this sort of vertical movement that we think of when we enter into relationships where you go on the the escalator and you just keep going up and you just keep going up. And that's that's like the linear path of relationship that we are sort of expected to follow in relationships that we consider long-term, that it would just be this upward moving vector rather than this like, idea that there is so much lateral movement and even moving back to rooms or spaces that were foundational at all times. So what if we like revamped this idea that instead of vertical movement in relationships or, you know, escalating things, what if the vision of it were more like kind of similar to what you said, get off the hamster wheel, but like lateral, you know, there's like oh, there's something foundational that's coming up again a year into this thing. So we need to go all the way back here and discuss this thing again, rather than thinking like, oh, I guess we're on this moving train. (laughs) You know, we can't stop this moving train. I guess we're already out here. We can't go back there. You know, what if it was all always an option and all it took 
was to like get off the vertical movement and just be, be present to what's actually happening, not where you, not where we're supposed to be in long-term relationship. Yeah. And what if we didn't even think of that as lateral? Because I feel like people are like, you're bringing up the past. <laughs> That's the past. Right. Why are we going back there? We're different now. No, we're fucking not actually, because trauma is trauma. <laughs> trauma is trauma. Until we recover ourselves from our trauma, you're in, like, when you get re-traumatized, you are going back into an open wound. It is not lateral. Everything is right here, right now, all the time. There's just layers. And like, can you be more at the surface or are you really deep in it? And if you're really deep in it and there is all the trauma there, that's where you're going to be. So it's like, what if we stop thinking of it as lateral and like sort of like a spiral circular movement? And what if we were like creating relationships that instead of it being like the past is the past, it's like, this is a game that we're building something together. And we might get to a point in the future where we realize what we thought was a solid foundation isn't solid. And we need to go back and we need to reinforce that. And we need to build up right there again. And just because we thought we moved past something and we've talked about it, it's not real. That's not failing the relationship. That's not failing life. That's like, oh no, actually there's deeper trauma here and we just need to go back. Why can't that happen? <laughs> yeah, and right, why can't that happen? And like, what I yeah, I think about it as going back too. But what's interesting is like, it's not back. It's like just still here. <laughs> so it's, it's just like, in. It's, it's in or out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to only have the attachment means you're willing to forsake the connection for the attachment. Where if you're in a connection, there is some attachment but you're not willing to forsake the connection for the attachment. That's the nuance of this conversation. For connection, there is a fluid experience with someone. And in a connection, you can love someone and let them go. (laughs) Like in connection, there is no need for that person to be something for you. That to me is connection. Like connection is like, I accept this person where they're at today. This person, and this isn't even like, love them, let them go. It's like, maybe today this person can't be something for you. That's fine. (laughs) Like, that's okay. Maybe tomorrow they can be there. You know, like, what if this person's going into their trauma and they can't show up for you today? Can you still show up? Connection is about having trust in yourself. Connection is about a secure attachment with yourself. Connection is moving towards yourself, not the other. So I'm a person who had a deeply insecure attachment with life. Like I had a very unstable foundation in childhood. And so as an adult, I'm like trying to work towards a secure attachment with myself. My conversation is constantly moving back to me, like not the other. How do we navigate this space together if we aren't having eye conversations? If it's only we conversations, you're going to get on a hamster wheel where your foundation is unstable and then it is not safe. It will be re-traumatizing to go back to a conversation of like, well, we need to build up our foundation in this way again. And if you're only focusing on the other person, you're not trying to focus on yourself. You're not trying to build a secure attachment with yourself. You're trying to have this person be your security. And 
no person can ever be your security in life. So how do you (laughs) redirect? And at first it's really scary. It's super scary to try to create a secure connection with yourself because of your trauma. I remember (laughs) very vividly having kind of this like emotional breakdown driving (laughs) in the car, which is so safe. The most surreal experience of my life. I'm holding the steering wheel and I can feel two parts of me. The part of me that I know is me, but I'm afraid isn't true. The part of me that I was told I was, (laughs) that I'm like also afraid is true. And I'm just like holding the steering wheel. Like, what do I do right now? Luckily, I'd been practicing just acknowledging I have like this other part of me that is just an observer of the experience. That part of me was like, it's whatever you want it to be. Like neither side is true unless you make it true. And I was like, like, it's so scary actually to let go of who I was taught I was because it's indirect conflict of who I know I am. And what if I'm fucking wrong? Like to find out I'm wrong about who I believe I am, but felt like it would just be the most devastating thing to find out. Like what would be the point of my life to, if I like stayed where I'd been taught I was, and I had a secret belief, like, no, I'm really this person though. (laughs) Then it's like, I can be in defiance sometimes of what I've been taught I am. Does this make sense? I can stay in defiance there in moments. And then I can unconsciously just be a fucking asshole. Like I was taught, I was like this horrible person. So I'm like, well, this is just who I am. I don't have to be something different because this is who I am, but I secretly know I'm something else. Meeting both places simultaneously in a car. (laughs) It's what you fucking choose. Life is always a choice. So in that moment, I chose secure attachment. That is what I chose. I was like, I am jumping off the deep end. It was the most unfamiliar experience to like come back to myself, which is really unsettling because it's supposed to be yourself. (laughs) But because of the extreme nature of my early experiences, it had taken me so far away from myself that like coming into myself was bizarre. I was like, this is an unknown land. I don't know anything about myself here. But that was me choosing connection with myself. Since choosing that, I a thousand percent will never choose an attachment over connection ever because that would have to be me denying myself all over again. It's like, I couldn't even make that choice. It's just like not a choice. (laughs) Connection is what balances us. It helps us see ourselves. So what would we say for people who are, you know, in these like committed relationships who most likely live together, who are in this dynamic. I mean, because it's pretty much inevitable. I mean, it's like, how is it, how is it possible to cohabitate with a partner and not be attached in this like codependent way? I, I, I really don't know, to be honest, especially if you have children. Like I actually, I have no idea. So maybe we could talk about some ideas. I mean... Ideally, your partner would get this concept too. And then it is mutualism and partnership because that is what connection is. 
if you are in the type of a relationship that is not volatile and this person has no interest in growing with you, but like you want to stay married for whatever reason and you're just do the work on yourself and you're kind of detached, that's one option. But if you're in a relationship with someone where you having a secure attachment with yourself is threatening to them, there is no option there. (laughs) There just isn't. Like the options are horrible. I mean, for the person in that relationship, it's like, I have to leave or I have to stay and feel like I'm dying, you know? Yeah. Leave, (laughs) just leave. That feels hard too. But like on the other side of that, there is easier solutions for you. If you're really trying to work towards a secure attachment, if you're with someone who is open to this conversation, then it's just a lot of patience a lot of honesty, you're going to have the natural contractions and the natural openings, right, of life. Because you would be having those if you were just having this conversation on your own. There is the contraction moments, you go back into the trauma, you go back into your story, everything shrinks in, it feels really big, like you can't get away from the thoughts, the depression, whatever it is, the emotions. And then you find the opening again and you come out. And so if you're doing the work with a person, it's going to be your own experience, their own experience, and then your collective experience. So there has to just be like a lot of softness there, a lot of openness and acknowledgement of both people's individual experience and then the collective experience. I just love this idea that like, if there's actually space for you to be exploring your own secure attachment to yourself and growing yourself, then that's love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's because it's scary and it and those things can threaten people who want codependency, who want to like, you know, grip onto something, a version of you that is sort of an image and not the evolving self, you know? And so I don't know, I just love that concept that like Real love, like expansive love is allows room for the version, this version of self that like needs to grow and expand. I just love how that feels when I think about it. (laughs) Well, and it's like, no matter what you're doing this, right? If you're alone, you're doing it. And if you're with someone, you're doing it. And like, I don't, does it ever stop? I have no idea. Does this ever stop? But is that okay? I mean, like, we're really sold an idea or many ideas that are so counter living. And um, I like the idea of just allowing for what is like, you're going to have an emotion come up. And when that emotion surfaces, it's all encompassing. There is a part of you though, that knows that that doesn't have to be it forever unless you make it that way, you know? And it's like recognizing our choice. Choice matters here. (laughs) I think choice is the key phrase. Choice is all you have. And the choice is only about you, your response. That is our only true choice. When my stuff resurfaces, it's so overwhelming. I'm like, you know, sinking into a depression again or whatever happens, it's like sinking in. It's like, okay, there's a reason why it's called your <laughs> sinking in. It's like going into a 
a bog. <laughs> it's like um, quicksand, which interesting note. Did you know that you can tell what generation you're a part of by what scares you? Are you afraid of quicksand or zombies? Did you, have you heard this? Quicksand, duh. No, uh, but that makes know, sense like, to me. Obviously, <laughs> obviously you're going to walk around somewhere and find some quicksand. <laughs> That's, That's funny. I can't tell you how much as a like a little kid I was like terrified I would encounter quicksand but it turns out it's just depression it's just, it's just in you it's just yourself you are your own quicksand <laughs> anyway uh the quicksand but also zombies are scary because I see them all the time walking around everywhere <laughs> not a figment of our both are real yeah <laughs> sinking in there's a fear that you'll never get out because when you were a kid, if that was your experience, like you're sinking back into your trauma, you couldn't get out of it. The only way you get out of it is age. You age out of it if you're lucky. And then you find the right steps, the right people, the right path to help you navigate the trauma. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's not easy. And I think what is helpful if you find yourself on the hamster wheel in your relationship of like, I thought we resolved this, we're back. It just feels like the same thing over and over again. That's attachment. Your attachment style has been running you and it's not secure. You're not having a secure attachment with yourself. How do you, in that moment, shift to yourself and say, hey, I'm going to focus on my own secure attachment right now. A hundred percent of the time, your partner is going to show up with like, what? Is everything okay here? You're not focused yeah. on me right now. <laughs> Who cares? Just keep focusing on your secure attachment. Have the conversation with them. See if they're on board. But like secure attachment with yourself, which is what we talked about a few podcasts ago. Rest. You need to rest. And in resting, it's like, let go of your list of objectification, being the perfect partner, the perfect person, the perfect gender, like the perfect parent, the perfect worker in your job, like whatever it is, is perfectionism. Perfectionism really drives attachment styles, or it could also be, I'm not good enough for any of this. So, I mean... There's two things, but they're the same coin, perfectionism and like total self-deprecation. And we flip-flop between the two. If you're the person holding the weight of your relationship, you're primarily focusing on your own perfection. Like you need to be enough for this and stop, just stop rest. Like let go of this notion you need to be anything other than <laughs> your own exhaustion. Like acknowledge it, just stop. And, and be aware of your emotions that come up to the surface. Like that's information for you. And it isn't necessarily true, but it is still information. <laughs> so become interested in understanding yourself as interested in understanding yourself as you are in trying to figure out your partner <laughs> and what their secret signals are meaning to you. Like if you're right. a person in a relationship, like that was a secret signal. What does it mean? I gotta say this. <laughs> yeah. What are your secret signals? <laughs> Go back. Constant to your... interpretation of the other. Like, how good does it feel to like come back to self? Okay. You sent me that um, 
mantra meditation the other day. It was like 60 minutes of chanting. And, and that's how we know we're in our 40s. <laughs> yeah, I know. I sat outside and moved my mouse every few minutes on my computer, don't tell anyone, and just did this chanting thing during my workday. And it was so awesome. It was like totally coming back to myself. And I just like disappeared into my own world, you know, of, which was which was so expansive and it felt so comforting and so big. And it just felt so like I felt so much possibility in that place. Like I never feel more possibility and more expansion than when I'm in my own space in that way. And it's like, that's the answer. Cause like the contraction happens when I'm looking outwards to the other person. Are you okay? How are things going? Is everything okay here? You know, how's this, (laughs) what does this thing mean? Like whatever. It's like, no, I'm just zooming back in. I'm fine. I'm just going (laughs) to, be here in my center place, you know, and communicate from this place, not from this like overextension or this leaning into somebody else's space. It feels really good. It feels like relief. Like everything can soften and relax and like your own system, you know, might terrify the other person, but internally it feels really good. Right. And hopefully that other person could be in a place to like practice it their, them, their sel- themselves, you know, or like recognize the the health in that. But there's a lot of people who can't. I've found, I've had a lot of relationships where it's too threatening to move into yourself. And so it makes the hamster wheel situation really difficult, (laughs) exhausting. So yeah, well, and I kind of think some of that's habit, you know, if we get into a habit early on of using people to avoid, to avoid our trauma, or to reinforce our trauma, but then we can blame the person and then we can find a new person and it's like, go through the new honeymoon phase. And then when shit blows up, it's like their fault or, you know, habits. Like, what are your habits in relationship? I currently have a 50 year old <laughs> girl in my life that I care very much about and am sort of mentoring. I don't have no legal claims to this child. So I'm just like here watching this person go through some of their trauma, uh, watching this person like have to make really hard decisions. And like, I know their decisions that could be the foundation for an entire life experience. So I'm trying to like (laughs) advise around that. And if this was my act, actual child, like I had legal guardianship over this person, I would be having a much more like stressful response. I've realized, uh, because the sense of responsibility of being like legal guardian, but I'm kind of like, that's like a really intense objectification of self actually. And not that it's not true and not that those feelings aren't valid. <laughs> what does it mean to be in connection with a person? And like a person that could be your child, right? And just to hold space for this person and like try to have the bigger view the and convey that view in a way that's digestible to realize like you really can't make choices for this person. And I think like a lot of parents believe that they can make choices for this person or like negatively reinforce things so that like a path is chosen, you know? 
Like that's the only path that their kid can choose to keep them safe. And I can understand wanting to make that choice. Is this like the truest love I've ever experienced for someone? Like I can't do any, I like, I can't manipulate this human. I can only like hold space and like compassion and understanding for this person. I can't push an agenda. That's not going to work. This person could just walk away from me. I can see potential outcomes here, like danger and want to like protect this person from that. But it's like, how do I convey this in a way that keeps the connection like fluid, secure, open? And it is only through connection that I can do this. Like I can't, there can be zero attachment. Like I can't be attached to any outcome for this person's life, like good or bad. Even like my own actions, I can have zero attachment that my actions will have an effect on this person because I'll go crazy. So I'm like having an experience that is like the most profound conversation around attachment connection that I've ever had. Yeah, this is so intense, but this is like it. This is like the foundation for all of it. I mean, and so I'm like having this conversation. I'm like, these are the only conversations I want to have though. Like, I feel like this is our conversation, Danielle. It's like, we're connected. We are not attached. It's like, I know people who get really attached in friendship and it's like, I'm not interested in that. I'm only interested in connection. And like, this is a one-sided conversation when I'm talking about this 15-year-old, except that it isn't because the response to me is the fact that it stays in this pure connection, that I'm not having an attachment to her, her performing for me. And so I'm like, not entirely sure why I'm bringing this up, except I'm like, this is it. This I just feel like I'm in this like crux of an experience where I'm like, this is all life actually is, is having connection. And there is a lot of insecurity and connection inherently because you cannot control someone's behavior. You cannot force an outcome unless you force that person into an attachment with you. And it's like, I, that would be horrible here. And, but we do this all the time. We are trying to force attachments with romantic partnerships. We're trying to force attachments with our kids, friends. Like we're forcing attachments and we do this to avoid trauma. Like we're trying to stay safe. We're trying to prevent horrible outcomes. We are afraid of them getting hurt, ourselves getting hurt. At the end of the day, <laughs> it's like the potential to get hurt is there. And can you just show up anyways? Like, can you face that? That to me is a secure, like moving towards a secure connection with yourself. Like you might get incredibly hurt right now, but can you just do this anyways? Because this feels like the path for you, like the thing to say, the thing to say for yourself. Like, you know that by saying this thing, this builds a stronger foundation for you with yourself. Like you can then trust yourself a little bit more the next time another experience comes up like what if we were focused on the self in this way and it is not selfish what if we <laughs> change the conversation from this type of a self-talk 
being selfish to being like, this is the most unselfish thing you could ever do. It will feel selfish to a person who's in a secure attachment with themselves, with you, but it's not. It is, this is like truly being alive. This is like truly showing up for yourself, truly showing up for other people, focusing on connection. And you cannot connect to another person if you are not connecting to yourself. Feel like when we come into a space where me, the me conversation is in conflict with the us conversation, that is an opportunity to expand the connection. And what if we thought of it that way? Like this is a moment of expansion where we're really in it. Like we're on this ledge together and I'm fucking committed to this thing. What if we jump off this ledge together? Let go of this fuse stuck energy of like, this is who we are. We have defined ourselves. We have been defining ourselves in this trajectory of our relationship, moving up your escalator idea is like, we've already defined this. We cannot go back and redefine this. Like, no, all life is, is redefining, redefining, redefining. The more wisdom you gain, go fucking redefine yourself. Go back to the trauma. You can have greater clarity about what you've been through and grow. and move forward and have a different response in relationships. If you don't do that, you're the same fucking asshole like me holding the steering wheel. Am I going to be this person who could for the rest of her life, just be a jerk to everyone because I have been defined by my experiences, my trauma, and I am this person and I am entitled to it. Are you going to like, choose yourself, choose expansion, choose to go, Jump off the fucking edge of yourself every fucking day if that's what it was requiring and just like keep going forward. Like, why is this the thing we're afraid of doing? (laughs) That's my question. Lady voice. Lady voice. The lady voice says, (laughs) objectify yourself. The lady voice says, attach. Yeah, who are you if you don't have a family? Who, Who are you if you don't have a partner? Who are you if you don't pretend to like, Or if you don't perform, you know. Final thoughts on attachment versus connection. Dependency, I think, is the biggest hindrance for attachment. So dependency on anything or everything but yourself is attachment. If you are choosing your insecure attachment, and no one is wrong for doing that, That is a trauma-informed response. So you're not wrong. But if you continue to do that, you're dependent on others. You're dependent on something outside of you for your own stability, for your own happiness. You can never find your own footing. And to truly feel secure, stable, joyful in life, you have to find your own footing. You have to. There is no way around this. So if you stay an object, you're on someone else's foundation, they could snatch that away from you. You don't have anything at the end of the day. Someone could take it all away from you. And then where are you? You know, it's like, you're nowhere. So attachment is dependency. Like maybe the other way to think of it, it's like dependency is the lack of self-love somewhere. But without self-love, a relationship will fail inevitably because you cannot love someone beyond your own capacity to love yourself. 
can't trust someone beyond the capacity you have to trust yourself. You don't have anything with anyone except attachment. And like, if two people come together, very attached, similar attachment styles, like this kind of codependency, it's like, well, this fusion makes me feel safe. So there's a little bit of twisting that can happen here, but mostly we stay here. And so that's like a volatile explosion. Then we come back to the attachment, kind of volatile, come back, volatile. But it's like, nothing's ever really moving. There's like no real resolution in things. Also, there's kind of an idea in attachment that self-abandonment is love. I think that is very lady voice I mean, that's like lady voice E in both genders, right? This is like the abuse of like the feminine principle in all of us. Like abandon yourself, be a people pleaser. That's how you prove to others that you love them. And if you've been doing that your whole life, if you've been conditioned by your parents, maybe your parent did that, or maybe that was the requirement of you, you don't even know who you are. Like, you don't even know you're people pleasing. Look up tendencies of people pleasing. Like, do you do anything on that list? That was just like a good place to start. If you feel like you don't know how to have a connection with yourself, look up that list. Denying yourself or any relationship will create a greater sense of mistrust deep within the relationship. So the thing you're trying to avoid, you're creating. That person knows you're abandoning yourself just as much as you know they're abandoning themselves. So it's like, can you trust a person who abandons themselves? No, because they're going to abandon you one day. Abandonment of yourself might seem like it's being rewarded early in the relationship, but it is the thing that will destroy your relationship. There's something that I read the other day. I don't know where I read it, but it was that as humans, we're always avoiding the most difficult aspects of being human, which is the beginning and the end of an experience. And I loved that because I feel like that's it. That is our trauma. It's the beginning and the end. It's all the unknown. What we want to do is just jump to the middle and have this like lived experience of safety. And that lived experience of safety is not real in that context. And I see that a lot, a lot with a lot of people that I work with, with people I know. I've seen it in me. Like, I just want to get to the place where we are stable. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm too tired. I've done it too much. You know, this has been too much of my life, this insecurity. And so just be aware of that tendency. And what if you every day were a little bit brave And you're like, is this a beginning of something or an end of something? Is this just something I should be aware of? And it could be a beginning and an end with your own thought, like an idea you have of yourself. Like it doesn't have to be external. It could just be that. Becoming aware of a beginning and an end and that uncertainty, create a habit of moving towards the uncertainty, how good it feels actually (laughs) to move towards it because it's truth and how good truth feels in your life, like move towards that truth. 